you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Welcome you today. We're glad you're here. To all of our guests, say along with Brother Spencer how thrilled we are that you're with us today. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Let's get into the word of the Lord. Happy Father's Day to our fathers that are here. I know it's already been said many times. And thank you, Spencer, for the kind remarks on behalf of the church. Very kind remarks today. I want to speak to the fathers for a little bit today, if I may, but I don't want to just speak to fathers. I want to speak to the congregation, but we are going to take a little bit of a Father's Day slant on what I feel the Lord is directing us to say today. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to read three verses beginning with verse number 14. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? For in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. With the help of the Lord today, I'm going to speak on a subject that may be even a little strange, but on Father's Day, I think you'll give me a pass on it, all right? But I'm going to use this as my title today, The Ministry of a Father. The Ministry of a Father. Lord, help us today as we speak what you have inspired and laid upon my heart. I pray over every person in this room today, God, that you would inspire your word as you did as it was written. In times of old, I pray today that the Holy Ghost would speak into hearts where my words fail, that you, Lord God, would speak into our heart. I give you honor, give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I do want to tag in with a couple of things that were stated, and that is let's go and be part of what God is doing on Saturday night at The Rock. Do your best to be there. Support Brother and Sister Sanchez and the work that they are doing at The Rock. It's going to be a great time. And, of course, enjoy your afternoon. This is very unusual for us. Uh, I believe that the consistent church schedules are pretty important. And uh, so it's very unusual for us to cancel service. We do so on Mother's Day and Father's Day and um, in, the, in the p.m. And so we hope that you enjoy your Father's Day. And we look forward to seeing you back next Sunday. Now, I also want to remind you that there will be no midweek Bible study this week, all right? So for the next few weeks, we are foregoing midweek because we're in the process of moving into a new building. 
that is going to be coming in the next eight weeks or so. So we're excited about that, and we have a lot of work to do, and we have camp season, camp meetings are going on, and so a lot of good things that are happening. Over the last few years, actually, this 15th verse of 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, has stood out to me. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? It appears to me that the Apostle Paul is saying that there is a shortage on spiritual fathers. Everybody, it seems today, everybody wants to preach and even more want to teach. But not many want the ministry of being a spiritual father. As normal on Father's Day, I, I am going to be speaking to fathers, but I don't, don't only want to speak to those men who have fathered children, but I want to speak to those who influence those around you. You have the potential of being a spiritual, a spiritual father. The title father could be rightly uh, defined as a leader or one who sets the example and establishes what is normal in the home. I may get a little strong for some of you today. Is that going to be okay? How about the rest of you? Every boy needs a father. Every boy needs a father to affirm him and validate him and tell him who he is and who he ought to become and who he ought to be in life. And every girl needs a father. Every girl needs a father to validate her and establish her significance in life and teach her that she doesn't have to look for somebody else to cause her to be significant. They both need someone to look up to while growing up and a symbol of authority and a source of protection and a voice of reason and affirmation in their life. Children need a father to correct them and to acknowledge them. Both to correct what is wrong and to acknowledge what is right in their life. Sadly, the ministry of a father has disappeared over the last uh, several years, over the last few decades. It seems that fatherhood in American home has, homes have diminished. More than 50% of American homes have the absence of a father. Research has shown that not only fathers, but father figures are absent in the life of the average teenager and young adult. I believe this is a great problem around the world. Young men and women have grown up without a father to validate them or to speak into their lives. Hence, these young ones grow up looking for a father figure in gangs and streets. This is why I believe that drugs and teenage pregnancy has been on the rise for many years. They're looking for affirmation, validation, and significance from the world. The world is missing the ministry of a spiritual father. I'm not speaking to biological fathers today. I'm speaking to spiritual fathers, those who can influence people that are around you. You can be somebody's father. It should not be a surprise at all that the results of fatherless kids in our nation grow up as young, angry men walking the streets ready to slaughter their, victim, their victims at the slightest amount of provocation. Any system 
that contrasts the order of God is certainly going to birth trouble at the end of the day. In trying to protect the child from abuse and the, the social system has taken away the power of parents and have given the, ch- the, the child more power than the parents. This has result, resulted in the child being indirectly the most powerful individuals in the home, making children the subordinates. This is never how God intended it to be. Children need a spiritual and physical father in the home to be a sense of authority and to establish the normals of a home that is established by a father a father was designed by God to be the head of the family even as Christ is the head of the church that may make some people a little uncomfortable it may even be a little chauvinistic in some eyes but the Bible teaches us that God designed the father to be the head of the family Absent or silent fathers have led to young people who don't have anyone to tell them right from wrong or to point them in the right direction when they go astray. The ministry of a father, it's God, it's the way God designed it. The husband is the spiritual leader of the home. The father should lead their children and the children should not lead the father. I've raised teenagers. This year, my last two move out of teenage years. It's interesting parenting teenagers. There's a point that they know more than you. It's okay. Punch your neighbor and tell them it's okay to laugh. The Bible tells us a story about a man named Jarius who had a daughter who was sick unto death. And the actions... Of Jarius, the dad, should speak to us. And I, I want to just borrow from it for a moment today, if I may. There are three things I want to point out in this story about Jarius. You know, it, it, makes, it makes a great, great uh, segment in the drama when, you know, in, 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 in the, the passion type dramas, because they all have to have the raising of Jarius's daughter. And nothing is like it when Mickey Mangan is singing. And she's saying there's a promise coming down your dusty road and you just see it as Jesus comes making his way down the dusty road. And he tells the unbelievers to go home and he goes in. But when you read the story, it actually you start seeing some things from a father's point of view that may be a little different than the way, the, 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 the way that we have envisioned this story. First of all, there was a father involved in that story. The father involved in that story, there's three things that he did that I want to speak to every spiritual father in the room today. Number one, he sought to find the Lord on behalf of his daughter. The second thing I want to point out is that he brought Jesus into his house. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. The third thing I want to point out is that he told his daughter to obey the Lord. The world needs more fathers that will lead their family. Spiritual fathers, spiritual fathers do more than just send their kids to church. Or tell their kids they ought to go to church. 
but a spiritual father will seek the Lord on behalf of their children. Can I talk about seeking the Lord a little bit today? A spiritual father knows how to pray and touch God and find out the will of God for their lives, for their family, for their home. It ought to not be left for mom to go to prayer meeting. Dad ought to seek the Lord and lead the family to prayer meeting and to church on Sunday and Bible study and be faithful. Dad ought to seek the Lord. Second thing I want to point out is that Jairus brought Jesus into the house. Can I meddle a little bit today? Oh, I, man, it's tight in here. I, Sunday night, everybody's all lively. You laugh with me a little bit. Sunday morning, I, it just seems like you're asleep today. I'm not sure. Maybe I need to change positions. Let's get a podium, move it to the back. We're going to make everybody look over their shoulder to see me preach this morning. Jarius brought Jesus into the house. Here's the problem. Too many fathers are bringing trouble into the home. They're bringing stress into the home. They're complicating the home. Instead of bringing Jesus into the home. Because when you bring Je- the only way you're going to have peace in your home, you've got to bring Jesus into the home. And anything that's not like Jesus, you need to move out of the home. You need to write some eviction notices. This is moving out of my home because it's not bringing peace in my home. This isn't bringing security in my home. This isn't bringing joy and happiness. And I'm going to move this out of my home because it's not what needs to be living in my home. Jarius brought Jesus into the home. You need to find a way to bring Jesus into your home. One of the greatest things, I think, one of the best gifts that I ever bought my wife was also one of the most expensive gifts and one of the greatest surprises of our marriage. And it was, I don't even remember what uh, year it was, but it was a long time ago. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, the twins were babies. And on a Christmas, I bought my wife a piano and I brought a piano. Uh, we arranged it and, and I made up this big, huge fib story. And we were going to start a new tradition by spending Christmas Eve at my in-laws. Are you serious? She bought it. And so we go to my in-laws. And then, I, of course, I have to leave her to go Christmas shopping without her. And I have her brother and her uncle and her dad and everybody that I could find to go with us because we had to move a piano. And out of U-Haul truck, all rented, and it was all set up. So we go to Zionsville, and we pick up this piano. We bring it back. We put it in the house. We get it in, get it all set up. They get it all tuned up. It's ready to go. Everything is wonderful. It's all set and beautiful. So we get up on Christmas morning. We're having Christmas, and I do the, 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 the little card thing, you know, when she opens the card, and it tells her to go somewhere else. And now it tells her she's got to drive to the house, and she thinks she's going to drive up and see a new car. And so she comes driving down Armstrong Street and she pulls up and sitting in the front room, she sees this piano with a big red bow on it. And she starts to cry and the tears were wonderful. And I thought, oh, man, didn't I do great? But what I didn't know was the significance that it was going to have in the future of our family. Because from there forward, my, my, my tw- the twins were babies. Um, my, my oldest was three or four years old. And uh, they grew up with their mom on the piano. 
and she would play and she would rarely start playing the piano that she wouldn't say, hey, come in here. And I'd go in and sit down on the couch that's next to the piano and she'd start playing. She's like, how, how do you like the way I'm doing? Sing, sing this a little bit. And I would start singing. She's playing and I would sing and she'd play and sing. Well, the kids kind of grew up and I'm saying, come on, God, sing with me. And, and they grew up singing and when, 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 when they got a little bit older, they're, they're going, Mom, play the piano. And I think Dylan was about 11 years old and he, he wasn't quite as skilled on the keyboard as, as he is today. Uh, it was about 7 o'clock one Saturday morning. And I had had a late Friday night and I hear music beneath my bed downstairs. And I got out of bed in frustration. And I walked through and started down the stairs and I could hear more clearly that it was Dylan in his way of trying to play a song. And then I realized he was also singing. And he was singing a song of praise and adoration to the Lord. But it was a song that, I wish I could even remember the song. It was, to worship you I live, that's what it was. And he's singing, and I, I walked downstairs and I stopped and I sat down just before I gave the correction. I sat down and a little frustrated at being woken up at 7 o'clock in the morning and I hear him saying, To worship you I live. To worship you I live. I live to worship you. Oh, and he's playing. And the minute he stops playing and I hear him just singing, To worship you I live. And I hear his voice cracking. And I eased on down the stairs and I looked down to see his little 11 year old hands lifted and his voice cracking. <laughs> I walked down to where he was to see tears streaming down his face. At 7 o'clock in the morning, it made a significant difference. From that moment forward, I made a decision that I would never stop my kids. If it's 3 o'clock in the morning, I would never keep them. Don't get any ideas, Spencer. <laughs> I made a decision at that moment that I would never prevent my kids from singing and worshiping or praying or doing anything of that sort in my house. If I had a headache, I will leave. Spencer was learning to play the trumpet. I had to leave many times and go to the office. The part of the story that I'm trying to make is that through the source of this piano, I had no idea what I was bringing to our home because I brought an avenue for praise and worship. There have been more than one time that my boys have come and said, Dad, we need to pray. Not even Dad leading them to prayer. But I honor my boys because there's been, sometimes they force me to pray. For them. Sometimes they have led to prayer because 
I give my wife honor for the atmosphere of our home that she has created. It has been an atmosphere of praise and worship. There's some things we don't do in our home. There's some conversations we're not going to have in our home. There's some movies that we're not going to watch in our home. Oh, am I meddling too much this morning? Because I understand something. When we choose to bring Jesus into our home, He's only going to dwell in a home where He feels welcome. Some of us, come on spiritual fathers, I ought to get some strong, deep, belly belly voiced amens this morning from some men in the house that could say that's right. When we decide to bring Jesus in our home, it means there's something that Jesus is not going to cohabitate with. We're going to have to say this can't be in my home because I want Jesus in my home. Jarius brought Jesus into his home. I'll move on. I'm meddling too much with you. The third thing from that story of Jarius is that he told his daughter to obey the Lord. The world needs the ministry of a spiritual father that will teach their children that to do whatever God says do. I believe with all of my heart that we have some very outstanding men that are part of this church. I have gotten to know some of you on so much of a, of a, of a deeper, more intimate way in the last two, and two, two and a half years of a building project. You can get to know men very well. When you spend three or four hours on Tuesday, Thursday, and eight or ten hours on Saturday, and sometimes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Sunday, you can get to know men very well. And some of you I've gotten to know very well over the last two years. Some of you I've known pretty well over the last 27, 28 years of my life. I believe that we have some outstanding men that are part of Christian Life Church, and I honor you. The Bible teaches that we're to give honor where honor is due. And I honor our fathers this morning. That's what I want to do. But I've watched some of you. I've watched you, how you treat your wife with love and honor and respect. You've been faithful. And some of you ladies should be very thankful this morning because you have a husband that came to church with you. Not everybody has that honor this morning. I've watched some of you, the way you treat your children with love and compassion willing to fulfill your fatherly duties as, as a husband and a father. And no, no matter what responsibilities that come to you, I, I've watched you, I've watched some of you, I've watched you go to work sick and come to church sick and come to work day sick. Concerned not only about the welfare of your family, but concerned about the welfare of the church. If I had a hat, I would tip it to you this morning. I honor you men of God, you spiritual fathers that are growing and developing and being men that are going to make a significant impact in the future of Christian Life Church. I honor you this morning. So many of you are very faithful to the house of God Attempting to fulfill your God-given duties to train up your children in the way that they should go. 
But I want to tell you this morning that whether you have children of your own or whether you simply are influencing children around you, every man under the sound of my voice or listening online this morning, I want to speak to you and tell you, you have the potential of being a fantastic spiritual father, but it is up to you. What are you going to do with your future and with the opportunity that God has granted you to influence people around you? Some of you have such personality and ability to influence. You are educated. You are gifted. You are talented. People are looking to you, looking up to you. What are you going to do with this opportunity of being a spiritual father? Come on, men of God. We're going to rise to the occasion and declare in these last days, we're going to do our part. The world needs more faithful fathers. We often give Hannah credit for the miracle birth of Samuel because she wanted a son so bad that she got the attention of God. But we often leave out Elkanah, Samuel's father, because all the years that he lived wanting a son, he remained faithful to God without a son. Instead of going and looking somewhere else or for someone else to have a son for him, he remained faithful to God until God gave him a son. It's not always, listen this morning, it's not always the biggest fanfare that gets God's attention. Sometimes it's the silent faithfulness of a father that gets God's attention. We all want the attention and we all want to be one of the four that lead a man to where Jesus is and we're willing to break up a roof to let a man down to where Jesus is. But what about the no-name men that came back that nobody talks about that repaired the roof back after they got through having the prayer meeting and the man got healed? Spiritual fathers are not in the recognition business. They show up and do what needs to be done and they do it without their name being mentioned. Thank God for spiritual men. A father has a very important role in the family. I won't be much longer. A father has a very important role in the family unit and in the church body. I've termed it this morning the ministry of a father. It's a role that nobody else can fulfill. The voice and the words of a father cannot be replaced by anybody else. We must speak, we must verbalize, we must communicate to those that we are influencing. While it is oftentimes easier to be silent, and in frustration we say, I'm just going to close my mouth and not say anything else. We can't afford to do that. Because we are a leader. And leaders never stop leading. No matter what the obstacle is and no matter how frustrated we are, how tired we are, how we feel, leaders, get up and keep moving forward. Spiritual fathers are never too tired to do what you have to do when you're called upon. We must speak, we must verbalize and communicate to those that we are influencing. The world is trying to silence the voice of righteous men, but we have to speak up and our voice must be heard. Well, pastor, I don't have a platform. Yes, you do. It may be your living room. It may be the foyer of the church. It may be your job or it may be the... the, the, the the ball court at the park. 
but we need men with strong voices to ring a clear and a certain sound of what is normal in this world. I don't need Hollywood identifying the new normal. I would be okay if the men of Christian Life Church would raise up in in this region of north central Indiana and declare this is what normal is like. We need spiritual fathers. God told Joshua, when you pass through the Jordan, take 12 stones, pile them together. When your children ask the fathers in times to come, saying, what meaneth these stones? Ye shall answer them. In other words, when they ask what this memorial is about, you've got to give them an answer. When God does significant things in your life, Spiritual fathers, don't just let it pass. Build a memorial. Tell a story. Remind those around you. Hey, remember? Remember when God did this? There's stories that we tell around this church. I want to build a memorial to them. I I don't ever want people to forget. If you're new here this morning and you've never heard the story, this won't be the last time that you'll hear the story. But a couple of years ago, we had a lady that died right here in the front of the church and God raised her up. I want that story to be famous. I want our children to grow up and say, I remember the story that they said Sister Robin was raised from the dead. Yes! My father told me stories about when he couldn't put food on the table and his door was locked and he came home and nobody else had a key but there were groceries sitting on the table. He said, I believe that God sent an angel to provide for our family. I want to build a memorial around that story. When God heals you, when God provides for you, fathers, build a memorial. And when the children ask, what does this mean, Dad? You need to have an answer. The problem in the world today is that too many men say, ask your mom. What does the Bible mean, ask your mom? Spiritual fathers are going to take the time to listen to build memorials and to answer their children because our children deserve an answer. We need to have an answer for what meaneth these stones. God expects us to have an answer because questions are going to come. The world needs us to have an answer. Included in the ministry of the Father is a responsibility to build memorials and answer our children. This is my point. I'm driving home today. Come on, fathers. Put your arms around. You may have, you may know somebody, some kids in your neighborhood. You, they may or may not have a father. You need to become a spiritual father to them. Invite them, bring them to church with you. Put your arms around you. I'm calling for the fathers of this church to rise up and be spiritual fathers to everybody that God puts in your path. We have a lot of instructors, but few fathers. There's a difference between somebody that can tell you how to do it and a father. Because an instructor will tell you how to do it, but a father... A father will show you how to do it and will do it with you. He'll lead you by example and forgive you when you're wrong and pick you up when you're not. 
Some things are too important to be forgotten. Every time that God comes through for you, build a memorial, answer the questions. The effect and the influence of the ministry of a father is absolutely astounding in its impact. Fathers impart certain truths and convictions without even knowing it. Let me throw some things at you very quickly as I'm approaching a close in the next five minutes. This is some, here are some things that fathers impart to their children often without ever knowing it. The first thing is, is a father teaches their children, this is how we feel about God. It comes from the father. The attitude of the father toward God will often be the attitude of the children toward God. The second thing is the attitude of the father toward their children. This is how we feel about you. That will be established in the heart of that child. And they will think everybody else feels with them the way their father feels by them. The third thing that a father influences is how we feel about the word of God in prayer. In other words, your faith. The faith of a father is passed on to the next generation that is following them. Number four, the attitude of a father toward the church says this is how we feel about the church. The fifth thing that a father influences without even knowing is this is how we feel about money and giving. The attitude of a father toward giving. The children pick it up and know. The final thing that I'm going to leave you with in this little segment is this is how we feel about submission to authority and leadership in our life. Our children not, will not only listen to our instruction, but will watch how closely our lives reflect the things that we say. Because we can say it, but they're watching to see if we do it. And if what we say and what we do don't line up, it will confuse our children. Spiritual fathers put their feet on the ground, look ahead and tell their children, come on, let's go together. God never intended the pastor or the Sunday school teacher to teach your children the fear of the Lord. He placed the father as the priest of the home. Your family can't survive, much less succeed in this world without the ministry of a father. We can't get by always saying, I don't know, build memorials and answer your children. Would you stand with me today? Your family needs the ministry of a father. It should be men. CLC, it should be the men that leads in worship, not the youth. It should be the men that are heard. Their voices ought to be heard in prayer, not the ladies. It should be the men, the spiritual fathers that leads our family to the altar with passion, not the ministry leaders. The church needs your ministry, spiritual father. The church needs you. Your family needs you. The church needs you. The church needs men of vision, men of passion, men that are willing to involve themselves in the lives of others, to love them to Christ. 
to give themselves to a cause that is greater than our own and to declare that we will have revival in the church regardless what comes our way. God is calling men into the ministry, into the ministry of being a father. I know the army, I think it was, that coined the phrase some time ago that they're looking for a few good men, but God is looking for a few good men. He's raising up good men. Look around you this morning. If there's a man standing by you, I can promise you that it's not by accident that he is here today because I believe that God is fitly framing a body of believers together. Some good men that he's bringing together. I honor you today, men. I recognize you today of being spiritual fathers and I challenge you today to take the word that I have spoken to you this morning and to respond to it, not just in this moment, but to let it begin to affect the way you lead your family and lead your home. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I am going to open the altar today because I'm not just speaking to men, but there are ladies in the home. There are ladies in the home that have had to, they've had to raise their family without a, a father in the home, without a spiritual leader in the home as God has designed it. But God's placed men around you and a church around you and others around you. I'm speaking to leaders, heads of households this morning. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I wonder today would there be some that would like to make a commitment to the Lord today to say, God, I'm going to be more. I'm going to be better. I'm going to do more. I'm going to lead my family like I never have before. Let this Father's Day be a turning point in my life to be more than I've ever been before. Could you make that commitment now? Nobody's looking at you. But maybe you'd like to slip up a hand or maybe you'd like to just step from where you are and just make your way to the front of the room today to declare I'm going to be what the Lord has called me to be. I'm going to, I'm going to be a better father, a better husband, a better man, a better saint of God. Hallelujah. Everybody's welcome. You're welcome to join us here in the front today. Members and guests alike, there's room. Let's just gather in for a little time of prayer. There's several responding today. This is great. This is wonderful. Just step forward today. Let's call on the name of the Lord for a moment. Make this personal. Make this personal.
Oh, come on, determine it in your heart now. I accept the challenge, Lord. I agree. My desire. Oh, yes. is to be what you call to me. That's what I'll be. Oh, I'll say yes. Hallelujah. to just throw your hands in the air. Say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. Would you just say yes to Him this morning? Yes to the Lord today. Yes. 